Welcome to The Female Influencer. I'm Lacey Shane. Today I want to talk about how to become a more influential communicator. Everything I talk about on this podcast has to do with helping you increase your influence, either through knowledge or through strategy, so that you can influence your own advancement, your own promotions, your own career trajectory. To be able to do that, especially in an environment where women don't have the advantage, it's really important to become a great influencer. And today I want to talk to you about how to become a more influential communicator because it's actually quite simple. And once you get the hang of it, it, you'll say to yourself, this is so simple, I can't believe it. And here is the secret that will help you understand how to become a more influential communicator. And that is just to listen very carefully to others. Listen very carefully to others. Listen more than you talk. It's been said that great leaders listen more than they talk. It's been said that the smartest people are those that listen a lot rather than talk a lot. So listen to others, and then here's the second part. Use their language when you communicate with them. You want to use their language when you communicate with them. So let me give you a super, super simple example. If someone says to you, I got promoted, and then maybe you're talking to someone else, and they're talking about moving up the corporate ladder, They may use those interchangeably, but why take a chance? Use the words that the person used when you're communicating with them about anything to do on the topic of getting promoted or moving up the corporate ladder. If your boss is saying, listen, I want to help you move up the corporate ladder, use that terminology. What happens is people who are listening to you when you communicate, they're going to say, oh, she gets it. Or, oh, maybe she doesn't get it. And the way people think that you get it is when you use their language. Another example, I have a number of different consulting, I have a number of different consulting gigs that I, that I work on every week, a number of different ones in different sectors. One of those sectors is academia, and one of those is private companies, publicly traded companies. Okay, so what it takes to be respected in academia is actually much different than what it takes to get respected in a publicly traded company. So I'll give you an example. When I talk to professors in academia, I notice that there's a huge value of getting published in respected journals. If you get published in respected journals, you can expect to elevate yourself in the field of academia versus a publicly traded company where what gets you visible to higher leadership, what gets you advancement is, or let's say one of the things, not only, this isn't the only thing that gets you, that gets you promoted, that gets you, you know, recognized at a higher level, but is one of the things, and that is getting to, getting assigned a high visibility project. Okay. A high visibility project. Now, in a way, they're kind of the same, right? Because when you're respected, uh, when you get published in a respected journal in academia, 
It really is about getting that higher level of respect and acknowledgement from higher level peers in the field. But it's done differently. So you would talk completely differently in academia about getting uh, getting that recognition, getting to a higher level, then you would talk about getting to that higher level in a publicly traded company. The industries, the sectors, they have different language. So you always want to know the language of the various sectors and fields that you're attempting to influence within. Okay, don't bring your own language. Use their language because when you use other people's language, relative to your job, relative to the field you're in, they look at you and they say, oh, she gets it. Another way that you can, you can utilize this wisdom for yourself, if you haven't read the book, uh, The Five Love Languages, I highly recommend it. It'd be great for any kind of romantic relationship that you have, but it's also good for platonic and business relationships because what you will find if you listen listen carefully to other people, is when they talk, they will tell you what their love language is by the way they tell you what they value, by the way they tell you what they appreciate, by the way they tell you what excites them, what makes them happy, what motivates them. They will tell you what their love language is. And they may have several. And if you don't know, I'll tell you right now what the five love languages are. The first one is words of affirmation. And I remember so clearly this one woman that I was looking to influence. When I would listen to her, she would very often repeatedly share with me times when she had been publicly recognized. So I knew that words of affirmation were always going to work with her. And I found sincere ways to give her that because what she was telling me when she was communicating with me, when I was listening to her, is that she valued words of affirmation. She valued recognition. That is one of her primary love languages. So when I gave that to her, I gained more influence with her. So that's number one of the five love languages. Words of affirmation. Number two is acts of service. Okay, that could be when your boss or somebody else on your team starts talking to you about this nice gesture that someone did for them. Or maybe someone stepped up to the plate and helped them with the project when they were struggling. That's an act of service. Just by telling you that they valued that, just by telling you that that was motivational to them, that tells you that acts of service, as you're listening to them, they're telling you acts of service, that's what's meaningful to them. So then when you talk to them, when you're trying to influence them, you not only do the act of service, but you talk about act of service. You reaffirm the acts of service in your language and they feel listened to. They feel listened to. They feel like you get it. Another one is quality time. Think about someone who talks about a mentor that they have or someone who has spent time helping them understand the lay of the land. That's quality time. So that is a love language that that they have. If they're talking to you about someone who has helped them succeed, who has taken the time, who's further along than they are and taken the time to help them succeed, that's quality time. That's that's mentoring. That's sponsorship. That's that's when someone has got out on a limb for someone else or give them a leg up. That's an act that's quality time. And it I guess it's an act of service as well. 
And, and what I will say is that many people can have more than one love language. And that's important to remember. I know that when my husband and I were talking about this, really, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a little unfair, but um, all of the five love languages really speak to me. Gifts, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, and words of affirmation. I'm going to go over the last two in just a minute, but those are the five. And I, I, all of them speak to me. All of them make me feel loved. Uh, probably words of affirmation and acts of service are the biggest, but the other ones are meaningful to me too. So you might run into that with people, but listen to what they tell you and listen to the way they convey the information. Because if you speak in those words and speak in their love language, you're going to have more influence with that person. Another one is physical touch. This probably isn't a valid one for the workplace, but if you notice someone, here's something to really be aware of that could increase your influence or quite frankly, decrease it. And that's noticing someone's bodily boundaries. So when you meet someone, do they grab your hand and give you a hearty handshake? Maybe they even grab your hand with both hands and give you a hearty handshake. That is a different level of boundaries for physical touch than someone who has a very light handshake where they're only touching your hand with the tips of their fingers. I know you know what that handshake is like, right? Big difference. Uh, Sometimes you'll go to hug someone and someone has a lighter touch and they're a little stiff or to the side as they're hugging you, whereas other people, they just really grab on. Noting those things and mirroring that will give you massive influence with that person because otherwise they're going to feel uncomfortable with you. And this physical touch is a touchy one because you can't always be appropriate and meet someone on on the grounds that are most meaningful to them. In fact, I think sometimes this can be a little bit of a dangerous area in the workplace when someone has a high level of physical touch in the workplace. But it's something to be aware of because if you're playing to someone's discomforts, if someone has a light handshake or is a little more standoffish, you can be that way too and make them so much more comfortable and they're going to say in their mind, that person gets it. Okay, gifts. If someone is talking about, gosh, last year the company gave us this bonus or gave us a turkey for Thanksgiving or did this nice, you know, picnic outing for all the staff and, you know, gave us gift certificates to Amazon or whatever, this person is talking about how they value gifts. Okay, so listen to that, utilize that in your communications in some way, and also recognize that. If you really want to connect with this person, let's say it's your boss, then maybe a gift is something, it doesn't have to be expensive, maybe bring them a Starbucks cup of coffee. Maybe something as simple as that will really touch their heart, touch their minds and say, wow, this person gets it. This person cares about me. And that is another thing that you have to realize is when you listen to the way other people are communicating and what they value, they feel you care. They feel you care about them. They're going to take you more seriously and they're going to listen to what you say because you're communicating in their language. Here's another way that you can utilize this. It's sort of like listening through reading. (laughs) And this is when you're applying for a job. You must use the words and phrases that are in the job announcement, in your resume, in your cover letter. You have to speak the language of the organization you want to work for because what you want them to say is this person gets it. This person is 
one of us. So you want to use their language. If you have the opportunity when you're applying for a job to ask who will be interviewing me, what is the what does the selection committee look like? And will the selection committee members all be interviewing me? And then you go Google. If you can get that information, it's totally legitimate to ask for it. And if you can get that information, then go and Google them and look at the field they're in and the language of the field or the sector that they're in. Look at the language of their values. What do they talk about? Are they in a news article and they're talking about something that is their career or their focus or perhaps they're into community? service. Those are all things that you can utilize and listen to through your research to speak the language of that individual. Okay. And also the language of their accomplishments. What has this person accomplished that will tell you so much about a person that will allow you to connect with them and communicate more influentially with them because you're using their language, you're speaking to their values, and they think you get it. They think you're one of them. So the key to this, again, is listen more than you talk. You'll get smarter in the process and you'll become more influential in your communications when you pay attention and make it a point to use the language and values in your communications with the people you're trying to influence. Because you'll be speaking to the values and interests of the individuals that you want to influence and it actually is just so easy you won't believe it. You just have to make it a habit. And it could take a while to make it a habit. We're used to talking. There's a lot lot of chatter about finding your voice and having your voice. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of talking going on about the incredible value of listening. And that's almost an asset to you right now because if you become that listener and you start communicating in the values and in the interests of the people you want to influence, you will increase your own influence in the process. I want to thank you for listening today. Happy holidays. My name's Lacey Shane. Wherever you're listening in the world, remember, you are the power.